Spoiler warning! Quick summaries for short games is filled from top to bottom with spoilers. If you care at all about spoilers for the game being discussed, do yourself a favor and go beat it before coming back to listen. Hello, hello. I'm Trevor Robertson. And this is a podcast where we give quick summaries for short games that typically take less than 10 hours to complete. Here to help me do that are three wonderful people. The first that I have are two recurring guests. We have Nathan, a.k.a. Jerain, and Terry. How you guys doing? Well, how are you? I'm doing great. I played a video <laughs> game, and now I'm going to talk about the video game, so I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> we also have a third guest, radio host, podcast, voice actor, and DM. We've got Joe Campillo. How are you? Hello. I'm good. How are you guys doing? What? We were supposed to compete with that. <laughs> yeah. Where's our title? Dang. You got your titles last time, and I couldn't think of another one. I didn't want to say the same thing over this time. This episode, I'm the star. Yeah, just this one. Next time, he's nothing. He's liver. Yes. I'm no just one. like everyone else. I ain't shit. I wake up, tell myself that every day. Let's go. <laughs> What games have you guys been playing lately? That's a really good and tough question. Trevor, you have to play House on the Hill. House on the Hill? Yes. Is that a scary game? It is freaking scary. I think I screamed Uh so much that now I'm hoarse today. My ears. Just give me a little bit of it without spoiling. If all I've got to go on is like Amnesia and Mother, what kind of horror game are we looking at? It's like a choice click walkthrough more than anything else. So you're not really like beating anything up. There's not too much strategy involved in it other than trying to keep your cool while something's trying to scare your face off. So is it like a point and click? Mm Mm-hmm. Ooh, no, do you... she's describing it very poorly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn. Okay. It's a first person. You still interact with things. So, yeah. But yeah okay. Around. Yeah. You just can't sprint. Okay. And you can get it done in less than three hours. Really? Really? All right. This sounds feasible for my new work schedule, and it sounds like something I'll have to stream. Otherwise, I will cry and go to bed with anxiety. Yes. How far into it are you? Oh, I finished it last night. Oh, all right. Did you like it as much as Mother? Do you like it more? Is it, what would you rate it, you know, one to 10? If I had to rate it one to 10, I think it would be a eight on the spook factor. Ooh. Okay. It was good. That scares me. Pre-anxiety, I'm excited. (laughs) Jerain, what about you? What you been playing? More Rushdown Revolt. Rushdown Revolt. Well, that sounds like an incredible game. Tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Risen from like the cursed ashes of icons and then Vortex rising. Now Rushdown Revolt. Yeah. And that was actually good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I'll, I'll confirm. I've been playing as much as I possibly could. Yeah. A platform fighter that was designed originally to be exactly like melee. It felt like running waist deep in water, trying to control it. The only good thing that came from it was apparently the netcode that originally they added a bunch of latency to. Now we have Rushdown Revolt, which is just so insanely fast paced and crazy and all the combos are amazing and it's easy to pick up and just learn. And so that's been a blast. Joe, what about you? What, what you been playing? I've been playing a lot of games. I just bought like 15 games for the Steam sale that just happened. Oh god, I bought a couple too. What'd you grab? What have you been playing? I got the full Doom series, all the Command and Conquer games. Oh my god. Control, Dead by Daylight, Dead Space 3. <laughs> Jesus. Um, yeah, yeah, the list goes on and on. Golf with Your Friends is the one I've played the most out of it. Yes. That in <laughs> Doom. Nice. And then outside of that, I've been playing a lot of Escape from Tarkov and Valorant, which is funny because I fucking usually hate shooters, but my love for them is reinvigorating. Valorant's fun. 
So I don't know what Escape from Tarkov is. I figured that was some kind of RPG. No, Escape from Tarkov is the realist feeling shooter that you will play. There's no HUD. There's no mini map. There's no teammate names that pop up. And it's just you drop into separate little maps. You'll have different spawns and you'll have to try and get through. Kill some scavs, which are NPCs, basically just AI running around uh-huh. trying to kill people. And then you have to find an extract point and like get out. It's a lot of fun but it's also very terrifying because with a shooter that is the most realistic feeling you also get that realistic feel of terror when you fucking have a bullet hit you and it doesn't give you a hit marker saying like it came from this direction it's just like oh i'm fucking shot and i'm bleeding and i'm sad and i'm trying to get away and i hope no one kills me right now it's infuriating it's fun it's terrifying. I'd recommend it. I'm typically not a big shooter person either. I got Outer Worlds a while ago. I typically don't. I enjoyed Valorant for a little bit, but that's that's good to hear. Maybe I'll look into it. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I'll take you through. We'll we'll get our shit kicked in, and it's a fun time. You know, even if you die, if you have fun dying. That'd be a perfect segue into our game. Yeah. But what are your relationships with these kinds of games, with kind of puzzle platformers in general? I really do enjoy them. I just never find enough or find ones that are like recommended that people are like, you got to play this. I think the last puzzle type game I've played with the exception of Divinity would have to be this super old school indie game called Thomas Was Alone. I feel like I've heard of that. The story revolves around a blue rectangle named Thomas, and he's all on his own. He's trying to go through the world and find homies along the way and escape. You meet different shapes and different shapes are like do different things and create stairs and then get Thomas over the stairs and then get everyone over the stairs with him. It's only like five bucks. I'd also recommend that. I've written that down as well (laughs) as House on the Hill. Terry, Jerain, have you played a lot of games like Limbo or is this kind of a first of its kind? Join you first. A third of the games I play are like indie puzzle platformers. <laughs> this is one of the first, though. You're the perfect man for this show. <laughs> Rumor has it, vis-a-vis you telling me you speed ran this game for a little bit. I ran it with a timer. I don't know if I ever even streamed that. I just wanted to see like how well I would do. Speed ran Limbo? Yeah. I've beaten the game way too many times. Like, I can't count anymore. So I'm like, you know what? Let's see how fast I can do it. And it wasn't bad, but the tricks are pretty hard. So I stopped. <laughs> yeah, we ended up watching a speed run recently and sometimes it's just they know what to do and they're good at moving and optimizing how little or how much they move. And sometimes they pull off a weird clip thing where they just skip an entire minute or two of running and you're like, how the hell? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, they have like really good guides on how to do every trick. It's just they're so finicky. I hated that. All right. Terry, what about you? You know, I think puzzles are fun games to do. I think platformers are one of the hardest things that I struggle with when I play games. When they're together, it's definitely a challenge. I think it becomes easier or at least better to play when there's an actual story behind it that I can like get excited about. So like instantly I think of Portal, right? Because it has this crazy ass story going on in the background while you're trying to figure out whatever this puzzle is they're working on. So with the great narration as well. Totally, totally. Just a very captivating, one of the best games in the world, according to a lot, a lot of people. Mm-hmm. 
And then the second one came out and somehow was even better with co-op, which just makes every game better to me. It's funny that you say that, you know, like when you have like a good narrative and a storyline to drive it, it kind of inspires you to, to play it more or get through it. I think one of the really interesting things about Limbo is that it literally does nothing to tell you a story and still somehow ends up telling you a pretty good story. Mm hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's zero dialogue in this game. I went down a rabbit hole. There are so many fan theories about this game and the direction that it takes based on the name of the game and seeing just the description alone. So I guess, hey, guys, let's get into it. Yeah. What game did we play? <laughs> yeah. So we're doing Limbo this week. And the summary for the game from the devs is uncertain of his sister's fate. A boy enters Limbo. Oh, it's his sister. Okay. Yeah, and that's the description. That's like all the text we get other than the name of the game. The description for Limbo is, it was a means used by the Catholic Church to describe what happens to kids who die before they're baptized. And a lot of parents were worried that their kids weren't going to go to heaven, that they were going to go to hell because they weren't saved yet. They came up with the concept essentially of Limbo, where they're stuck in Limbo between heaven and hell until they're saved. And so that's what everyone has taken this game to be. The kid is in Limbo. For one reason or another. Where do I start? So the sound design is terrifying. The, mm -hmm. It's just ominous music. There's flies buzzing in the intro. And then everything about the game, the sound design, it's definitely telling a story through exposition. But what that story is just seems to be vague throughout the entire thing. You know, I don't mean to be a naysayer or a negative Nelly, if you will, but I don't <laughs> think this game takes place inside of Limbo unless it's a really fucked up version of Limbo. The way it's described by definition and like through Catholicism and all that is like you're just kind of in this nothing space and you're just kind of like chilling, waiting until there's an opportunity to escape Limbo. That's kind of the idea I had when I first saw this game. I was like, hmm, I wonder like what they're going to do with this. And I was like, this is nothing like it. This is nothing like what I expected. <laughs> that is a really good point because he does seem to be suffering a little bit. Uh, yeah, a little bit. I found myself sitting there like with the opening even from the opening couple levels. I was like, huh, like who knew a lack of graphics, intensive graphic design and definition would be very terrifying. Who knew? Yeah. Can any of you guys buy this game for this episode or have you guys just had it in your, your libraries for a while? I've had it for years. I've had it for a while, but didn't finish it. I bought it for this episode. I had the interest and then like I forgot that I had the interest because my ADHD brain. And then you were like, hey, this game. And I was like, oh, fuck, I've wanted to play that game forever. So I'm wondering if any of you got it through the same Humble Bundle that I did, which was like the literal first Humble Bundle that came with Bastion and Braid and Train. What's that game that you like to play? It's the voxel game where you're a little cube dude. You love the game. It's like a puzzle one where you're walking and you can turn the camera around. Oh, Fez? Fez. I think Fez might have came with the bundle. Did you guys get it with that too? It was a long oh, time ago. No. I, did, I just bought it on like Xbox Live. <laughs> oh, well, never mind. All right. I got it with that and I ended up being super surprised because my friend Steven was over and he was like, wait, are you playing it now? And I'm like, yeah, kind of. And he's like, shit, well, I don't want spoilers. And so we both just started playing it. For the next two hours, we were just trying to figure everything out and it's captivating. I love how creepy this spider was. Oh, fucking that spider, dude. <laughs> yeah. This, this game has rekindled my fear and hatred of spiders and also awakened a hatred of bear traps in me. <laughs> <laughs> so were there any puzzles that you guys got a little bit frustrated with at any point? <sighs> <laughs> Fuck your gravity, okay? Fuck your stupid 
fucking gravity puzzles and you <laughs> stupid. Ooh, I hated that. It made me feel like the dumbest man alive. I, I yes. finished them. I got through it, but the whole time was I was like, da, 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 da. yeah, that part actually played it again for this, and I got halfway through the game and I went, oh yeah, this is easy. I'm gonna breeze through this, and then for the last half, the last quarter of it, I was going, I am a dumb person. I am a dumb boy. <laughs> who doesn't understand video games. I'll never be good at puzzles. And then I turned on Terry's stream to see what was going on. And I see that we're on the same exact puzzle. Oh my God. Feeling Which one was like it? the dumbest people. It was where you have to slide the block up the slant mm-hmm. and then it has to slide all the way back down. And then there's another block and then it turns gravity on with the button. You have to like, it drops a ladder and That's... then you have to climb up the ladder. Yeah. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one. That's the one that just filled me with such hatred. That was one of the only ones where I was like, it felt good to figure it out, but I think I was too pissed off to like revel in my own geniosity. Is that the word? <laughs> my own intelligence. A lot of the puzzles, they make you feel smart for figuring them out, for being like, oh, this would be intuitive. And I think that's one really strong aspect of the game is... It's really intuitive, even if you have to die once or twice sometimes to figure out what you're supposed to do. Maybe you jump over two bear traps and realize you can't clear that jump, and then you see there's a baby handle on it. And you're like, oh, I have baby hands. This is perfect. <laughs> and then you go and you yeah. pull them backwards. Well, I'm just yeah, no. I'm just glad you were able to figure out those puzzles after one or two deaths rather than the 20 deaths that I ended up having to do almost every puzzle to be able to get to what's oh. the next step? What do I have to do next? So... Don't even get me started. I did hear, Terry, that you were getting a little bit frustrated. Do you know when it was, Jerrine? Or I guess, Terry, do you know when it was that you started to be like, I am not a fan of what's going on right now? (sighs) Which one? Jerrine, which one was it? Like, I don't even remember (laughs) which one it was. Yeah. It was at one point where they were all kind of stumping you. Yeah, it took a little bit to get through my playthrough for sure. But I know that whenever I have to time being able to jump between platforms or try to figure out the exact moment when to fly over the little saw that was going on or be able to like line up the ladder while, you know, going back and forth. And, and I missed it every single time and it was hard. <laughs> so that takes me out of like whenever that kind of stuff happens, it just takes me out of the atmosphere and that just takes me out of the gameplay. And it's like, okay, let's just grind through this just to get it done. Yeah. Well, so I can definitely understand that. And one thing, it's funny you brought up Portal because that's one thing that Portal definitely didn't have going against it was that my friend Steven at one point told me if the way you're trying to solve this specific puzzle in this game means that you need to have some kind of quick reflexes, that's probably not how the developers intended you to solve the puzzle. Hmm. And that's only applicable to the first portal, as far as I know. You do have to kind of move a little bit quicker in the second one for some puzzles. But with Limbo, there are definitely some times where you need to have good timing. So I can see that being a little bit more frustrating, just transferring from one kind of game to the other. After the baby tiny introduction, y'all remember getting on the sailboat? Just how peaceful it was? For like three seconds. (laughs) yeah all right i'm playing this game again and this is nice and then i didn't clear the bear traps after that or something and i was just like oh that's right that's what this game is so that was fun we should probably talk about the spider because it's a big part of this game and it's a big introduction to a lot of the puzzles and it introduces you to how you're gonna have to think throughout the game yeah that spider was god awful 
Definitely my most memorable death because, well, I used to have insane arachnophobia. It has abated in my later years, but it still exists. And so I was like, haha, yeah, fuck you, spider. I know this deal. I'm a smart boy. I got a bear trap. You're trying to hit me with claws. And <laughs> first two, no problem. That third one, though, when it whips out super quick, I was like, oh, yeah, this is why I'm terrified of spiders because they yep. use that fucking hydraulic pressure and just like i'm getting i'm getting the creeps just thinking about it right now yep when's last time you saw a spider in real life that really messed with you thankfully now if there's enough distance like if there's a good like foot or two of distance between us i can be like oh like that's a spider i'm just gonna keep an eye on it it's when they're within like six to twelve inches close to me or they come up unexpectedly i lose my shit i just freak out that's fair. I haven't had anything like that in a while. The last time I had a real bad spider scare, it was a legitimate one and one that anyone would be scared of because a brown recluse was like climbing up my fucking Ooh. comforter towards me and I like hit the comforter and he like bounced at my feet and then he fucking bum rushed me. No. And so I like flipped him and it was dark and I lost him in the corner. So I turned the lights on and I was like sitting there with my fucking chunkless out just waiting. Oh, no. No, <laughs> was- no. It was a a terrifying uh, 2 a.m. wake up call for sure. I'm trying to figure out some questions for Drain because he obviously hasn't struggled with any of these puzzles because (laughs) he speed ran the game. Actually, no, I did want to ask you, Drain. Did you die during the playthrough that took you an hour when you were speed racing Terry? Oh, my God. Yeah, I did. (laughs) <laughs> like a couple, couple times. times was there any puzzle that you had to like spend a few seconds on it was mostly terry's fault because i had her stream up <laughs> and i was watching <laughs> her play and just playing in my peripherals and i look back and i'll be dead <laughs> just some of the timing ones this got me like once once or twice let me let me let me put it this way i think it took me was it three or four streams to finish this game and it took Durain what 20 minutes to catch up with me to the point where i was towards the end of the game hey trevor caught up pretty quickly too. yeah yeah i thought it'd be fun to try the same thing while you were streaming yeah when I turned it on, I was at the same exact point you were. I don't know mm-hmm. how long I'd been playing at that point, but it was definitely, I had gotten home from work like fairly recently. Oh my God. Speaking of ADHD brain, I have played the first half of that game more times than I can count. I don't know why, but I never finish it. And so I was really glad to give myself a reason to go through and finish the entire thing again and really pay attention to the ambiance, the background, what the story was trying to tell. Were there any puzzles that made you guys feel kind of smart to solve? Oh, yeah, actually. Yeah. Oh, you can go first. The brain slug ones. I don't know why, but for whatever reason, like, I just crushed those. Hmm. There was one in particular that gave me trouble. It wasn't, like, bad enough to be noteworthy. The one where I was like, I am a god of the brain slug. It was the ladders. Like, you had to, like, jump between the ladders as the water level was rising on you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was just like, yeet, 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 crushed it. (laughs) What's next? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, what about you, Drain? Probably the gravity magnet one. Mm. We have to stick the block to the top. Mm. It's oh, yeah, like one, one room. Oh. Yeah, that one's fun. It just seems like it should be... Like, you see the two boxes. <laughs> and you'll just turn them both on, both off. Like, one on, one off, and, like, nothing works. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, but what I, I love about all the puzzles in Limbo is that if you actually, like, work through, like, what you're trying to do, it's always, like, intuitive, like, how to actually get to the end. Instead of just kind of, I don't know, throwing yourself off a cliff over and over, like, Terry, just <laughs> hoping something works. What did I call it, Terry? It was, like, the perfect, like, analogy. Oh, Terry, do you remember? I, what are you talking about? No. Uh-uh. <laughs> She's like, I don't remember you insulting me, Jorane. 
<laughs> Imagine. Terry, monkey with a typewriter. She just goes. Uh-oh. Oh, and eventually. Eventually yeah. a novel is produced. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That seems very mean, a little bit harsh. I'm sure Terry was doing great. You're lucky that my computer just paused out for a second, so I have no idea what you just said. But Oh, that's good. I'm sure whatever you said was mean. Oh, nice. You, you can hear it back on the playback. Oh, totally. <laughs> <laughs> I made the mistake of streaming it in a Discord chat I was doing. Mm-hmm. Oh boy, do people love fucking backseat driving this game. Oh yeah. Just like, oh, what are you doing? Oh, you should have done this instead. And it's like, yeah, I know. Okay, when I fucking ran headfirst into the saw, I think I know I should jump the saw. <laughs> so you and I were oh, on yeah, call for a little bit. You were the first one to watch me play this. Yeah, we were cackling. Of course, Sierra <laughs> was behind me sleeping. And the first thing that I thought upon playing it was this is a game intuitive enough to solve the puzzles like Jorane said after you kind of figure them out but it's just art the entire way through at any point in time except for the rising water levels you can just stand still and just listen to the music and watch the kid look up with his terrifying glowing eyes and shitty posture it's just there's really good background art in a lot of it I don't know if you noticed in that puzzle that I was talking about earlier that Terry and I were both stuck on Joe that you hated mm-hmm. if you push the box up in the background when the magnet goes on there's a tire in the back oh yeah it pulls up. It pulls up, yeah, because of the gravity, and then it gets stuck on a, a chain, and then it falls down to signify what's happening. And there's a lot of really cool context stuff like that that just makes the game go from a fun puzzle platformer to literal art on every single screen. Yeah, big agree on that. I also think on the on the flip side of that coin, it's funny because we were talking about it potentially being limbo. I always looked at it as like a post-apocalyptic setting. Yeah. I was like, man, if there's one thing this game's driving home, it's that once again, in a post-apocalyptic setting, humans are the real enemy. There was that fucking part of the map where it's got the hydraulic presses on it. And I was like, doop, 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 doop. Who makes a fast-acting hydraulic press? <laughs> <laughs> and two of them, no less. I know it's some asshole fucking human, and it's like, oh, you choose to hinder and hurt progress instead of helping it. Yes. I do believe that that is truly the only trial by fire puzzle in the entire game. Because you've got those two hydraulic presses that slam down, but they slam down under opposite circumstances. Where for one of them, you have to jump over what is supposedly a lever or a button, and then you get squished. And the other one, you have to jump on it to be safe. Yeah. Yeah. So I really liked that just for the audacity moments where I'm like, okay, all right, game, fuck you a little bit, but <laughs> like, but, but I loved it. Y'all remember when you had to Frodo it away from the spider? Like you get wrapped up. Oh yeah. 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 Let me tell you, not a fan. Worst fear. I think that's the only time in my life I've ever got to sympathize with Frodo. Because <laughs> I just <laughs> Once felt like- in your life. Yeah, I just, I mean, Sam was the real hero. Just thinking like, okay, I'm not actually supposed to be doing this. And you start trying to tip yourself and teeter on the boulder. And I don't know about you, even on my second playthrough, I slid into the spikes on the boulder like three <laughs> times. <laughs> oh, I nailed that one. No problem. It's funny. I'd say probably like the first- two thirds of the game, maybe half. I was just like, what a fun game. Look at that, there's puzzles. I'm kind of (laughs) terrified, but it's still fun. The last bit of that game, man, just you fucking call me Florida orange juice because I was fresh pressed. Jesus Christ. (laughs) It was... It was a blast. So this game's really, really, really dark. I don't know if you guys noticed. Literally Um, and figuratively. (laughs) I I guess I'll just keep that... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that bit in there with 
smoke in your entire mouth. Isn't this why you wanted me here? <laughs> yeah. Drain, did you have any thoughts? Mechanically, was there anything that you wanted to go over? I think definitely the best part of the game for me is like the first third, maybe. And I, I, I wish agree. they would have kept, I don't know, some of what made that really intriguing and fun. So like, didn't necessarily have to be out in nature, but like having a giant spider chase you, having like a fly you interact with, and then it just cuts to like factory for like the rest of the game. And that was just kind of like, oh, like I miss all these these other things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. That, that was yeah. like the only thing that I wish was different. You know what? I'm totally going to agree with you because I I loved the spider. I loved how, you know, kind of spooky oh. and scary it was and stuff. I know, I know. And so <laughs> when when he went away, when it suddenly switched, I, I got disappointed. And, you know, in retrospect, and we could talk more about this when you're talking about the bigger picture, is that I kept looking for what's the new scare thing. And if you look through that storyline and you look at what are the things that are scaring this kid, like you start to piece together what are those things trying to tell us? And is there like some kind of symbolism or something for each of those pieces? whether it's the spider or you know the bully kids or it's the factory or it's you know whatever the 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 machine guns at one point right you know what do all those things represent yeah so we got some theories i think it is the darkest thing in the game at one point you have to lure a kid who's got a leech on them into the lake to drown so that you can use his corpse as a bridge Mm -hmm. to not drown yourself i was just very sad because i had mentally blocked out that part i think <laughs> you just brought it back yeah again. it's so brutal well what's insane is you jump from a different child's corpse onto another corpse you get up to the, like the hill off the lake and then you have to drag the child's corpse all the way up mm-hmm. to trigger a wire trip that is then squished by a two-ton fucking thwomp like mm-hmm. it's the saddest weird like who thinks of these things i don't know if that was sad he's like the only body that gets like any kind of burial jesus christ i don't know if getting smashed by a five ton (laughs) fucking brick counts as a burial i mean you know what i'm on drain's side for this one i think it was better than nothing (laughs) but you know by 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 (laughs) technical terms i guess you could say he was buried he was buried under the flop so, it yes. was, yeah. Oh, Her- hooray, hooray, I feel so much better now. <laughs> <laughs> So I think everyone kind of gets that sense of monotony as the game switches from organic to mechanic, where it's, like you said, forests and the things that scare you for the most part are all living or water. And then you switch to death by cogs or electricity or gravity. I definitely wish it had stuck more with the organic stuff and stayed in the forest a little bit, but I think it's no mystery that it had to have been a designated choice to tell the story that it was trying to. Do you guys remember in the middle of the factory at some point, you get to see your sister. That's the only forest scene you see until the very end is her. And then once you walk all the way back, you are back to being in the factory with all the cogs and all that stuff. Yeah. It just disappears. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it was it was like it teased you with it and teased you with like a cathartic moment where you think that you're going to get some closure and then it rips it away from you. Yeah. So I want to start with Jerain. I'm very curious. How do you interpret the story here? Oh, wow. Why are you starting with me, huh? Because you have the most playtime on this game, and you have watched a lot of Twitch, and I feel like you've probably seen or read or just come into your own theories as to what's actually going on. I based my first playthrough just on the description that the Xbox Live gave me. It's that you're looking for your sister. 
Mm-hmm. But I just kind of assumed he was dead like the whole time. But when you actually get to the end, like because he doesn't actually know if his sister's like alive or dead, and I think that she might still be alive at least for a little bit. But then it cuts, and then it shows like two fly swarms. So I think you were dead. She was dying, and then you got back to like where you guys fell from the the treehouse, and now you're just both dead. Do you have any theories as to how they died that you've kind of clung on to canonically? From falling. So, okay, so you believe that he fell first, and then that they both fell. Oh, at the same time. Yeah, he but he died like instantly, and maybe she was still alive. That's why like she's kind of just hovering there, like she's not there with you, but yet you get back to her. Okay, so your team treehouse. Yeah. Okay. Terry, what about you? Do you have any prevailing theories? I'll admit that I went ahead and like looked up a couple after playthrough was all done and so just because I wanted to have that answer of, you know, what did it mean? And so I really love, he's in like a scary limbo, like all of those things that he's coming across, whether it's a spider or whether it's guns or whether it's, you know, the big machinery or whatever, those are like things that have happened in his life that were maybe bad memories or things that he had, you know, at one point been scared of. And so he's having to go through all of that torture basically to be able to find his sister. And at the very end, that last scene is so interesting because you could tell she's knelt down she's like grieving or doing something and suddenly she's realizing he's behind her and it's either she's dead and they found each other or she feels his presence and she's she's alive and she just knows that he's there but i think i'm with jerain in that i think at one point or another they're both dead because at the very end you notice those two fly fly clouds that are happening so yeah it's an interesting concept i love it yeah so some people have pointed out that they think that she is digging or burying mm-hmm. in that last scene and that he is going through limbo and a lot of different religious beliefs or at least one i don't remember exactly where you cannot ascend until you are buried. And the reason that the end of the game, you approach your sister who is burying you is so that you can ascend. So when you return to the title screen, it is like you guys said, it's two small piles with two different clouds of flies, presuming that they are both dead. The only thing I can think of in that circumstance is that she was burying him so he could ascend while no one was going to be there to, to bury her, but then it shows them both buried at the end, and so it's a little bit weird. I am Team Treehouse, which makes it sound a little bit less morbid than it is, but I'll explain my exact thoughts in a little bit. Joe, did you have a headcanon for what was actually going on for this? Like I said, I thought it was weird that the game is called Limbo itself, because it's not really what they describe Limbo as being. And so I feel like kind of what I was going through in my own headcanon is that they say right before you die, or as you're dying, you'll kind of have your entire life flash before your eyes. Oh my God, you're not going to do this to me. You're not going to steal my entire fucking theory. Oh. No, go ahead. Oh, no. Go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. No, no, I can't. I can't. I can't. No, I need it. you to so that I can I can explain my differences. Please, please. Uh, That's just really funny. They say, you know, your life flashes before your eyes. In other cultures, though, they say that for you to be able to, like, truly ascend and die peacefully, you have to face your fears. And so instead of this being like a life flashing before his eyes, it's more of a mental trial for him to face all of his fears that he's had throughout life. You start with something basic, uh, like a fear of spiders, and then some people have a fear of drowning or, you know, they, they're afraid of other people. Other humans scare them. Some people are afraid of, you know, getting 
ground down in their nine to five because they're not actually doing something they love. And at the very end, when you reach it, like you do face every human being's greatest fear, which is death. And you experience your sister burying you at the very end there. And so I thought about the theory of Majora's Mask. Mm -hmm. When you're going through, you're really just going through the stages of grief, of dying. And like Link is accepting his own death at the very end. Right. It was kind of like that kind of thought process for me. Okay. And before you go, his his eyes are also like the only white ones. It's like literally flashing before. (laughs) Oh, damn. I like that. That. That's brilliant, yeah. And your sister does not have the same no. same thing going for her. When you die in-game, your eyes do close. I'm not sure if it's every time. I think it's every time, but I was just watching clips. and It is. Have any of you ever worked on call before? Yeah. So I'm one of those people who cannot work on a call. I hate it. It's one of my literal triggers. It's both anxiety and anger that just like they, I start to seethe and I cannot stand not knowing whether or not I'm going to be called in to work tomorrow between these hours. Like high school retail was garbage. Terrible. Mm. I hate being in limbo. I think the penultimate version of limbo is you're walking upstairs and you go to take an extra step and your foot falls through and there's that fraction of a second where you panic, where your brain goes, ah, only because you don't know. It's like your brain loses all capacity of gravity and what is right is wrong and what's left is right. There should have been a step there. I'm dumb. And then as soon as you put your foot back on there, everything is okay. It's resumed. You figure out what happened and you're fine. So if you were to take that one step further and fall off a tree house, I think that is the ultimate version of limbo where you don't know whether you're going to live or die. You don't know what's going on. You reach out to save your sister who also fell and you fall. You're uncertain of your sister's fate and you enter limbo. So I think the entire game takes place in the flash before your eyes as you're falling down from the treehouse. And the very last puzzle is gravity switching and flipping on you and then you hit the ground. And that's what breaking, what shattering through is. Uh, And that's why you drift and then eventually you get to your sister. Assuming she's not burying you or maybe she is, that's my headcanon, is that it's not after you hit the ground, it's before. One thing that is kind of small. You know when you grab the giant lightning bug and mm-hmm. then his leg snaps off mm-hmm. and then you hit the ground? I think that's you like grabbing a branch, basically. But every single mm-hmm. other thing is you're going through childhood and then getting a little bit older and there's the exaggerated but literal fears. Like the spider is a literal fear of spiders. The water rising is because it's your life flashing before your eyes. Maybe you almost drowned. The hotel is because your parents lived in a hotel. The mechanical bits is because they literally were worked in a factory or a sawmill. Oh, those machine guns are very, very... World uh, War II. Yes, they are... Industrial era type shit. Exactly. So it's just you going through everything. You're going through every single other time in your mind that you reached your hand out to try to help or save your sister. Every time you had to put a brave face on to go and try and protect her from something. Those are the last things you think before reaching and then ultimately failing to save not just your sister, but yourself and then hitting the ground and you are both dead that does beg the question though of who came along and buried the sister presumably they were both buried by the same people or the parents or whoever if it's this tree house the spider (laughs) 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 so so that that does fit in with like the tree house theory pretty well i agree with all of that but the game also starts with you like waking up so that just made me think more it's after you hit the ground because you have to like wake them up like is this 
since the game started. So mm. Been thinking about this all goddamn day, and you got to ruin it in one I'm sentence. Not... I'm out of <laughs> here. I'm done. That, that, Drain's hosting like... the podcast. Oh my god. <laughs> no, no, continue. That's all I was going to say. No, no, you, there's got to be more. Please. Oh Give my me. goodness. <laughs> I, I was also laughing at the thought of you falling out of a treehouse and just thinking I'm dumb. I mean, yeah, that's. <laughs> like, would that's be my. I, that wouldn't be my first thought. It'd be like. <laughs> It'd be like my fourth thought. I don't know, man. Trauma does weird things to the brain. I remember when I was like 13, my brothers and their friends and I went down to the rock quarry where the Walmart is on college now. Yeah. I'm there a lot delivering things. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, when it was like that big ass rock quarry and stuff. Yes. There's a little waterfall over there. And so we like climbed to the top of the waterfall and we were just like eating these boulders into the water down there. And we were like wondering how deep it was. And as we were climbing back down, I ate shit. I fell like a good like 15 feet, like cracked into the side of the fucking rocks and like fell into the water. And I opened my eyes in the water and the first thing that fucking pops in into my head is oh the water's not that deep <laughs> and i'd pop up out of the water i'm like hey guys god news the water's not that deep and they're like we thought you were fucking dead i know crazy thing right and i thought i was gonna crack my head on the boulder we were throwing and no everything's fine we're good let's just fucking Mark- pitter patter oh <laughs> like if you think you have a concussion i was like ah it's fine everything's fine trauma's fine yeah so what i've learned is a trauma does weird things and b kids are stupid oh without a doubt <laughs> yes yes they are <laughs> i think my head canon is pretty similar to what you guys are saying too i think on a very very basic level and like from the thirty thousand foot level like this game in general i was expecting one thing and got another like i wanted more scare like i thought it was going to be like super duper dark or there was going to be some major twist and there wasn't and instead i had to try to figure out what the story was and so it's still a great game for what it is, but I think I was just expecting something different. That's completely fair. I want to recommend this game to people typically who don't really play very many video games because the first half of the game, like Jorane said, is amazing and intuitive. And the second half of the game is leaning really hard into trying to fit the narrative that the writer originally wrote, it seems like. And so while there's still really good puzzles and it's still an amazing game, I would agree. I think that I want something different from the end because I want it to fit the beginning more. But I think that's what makes the story so interesting is that in your mind, you have to like walk through your own steps to be able to tie those two things together. And in a sense, you're in your own limbo to try to figure what that, figure out what that story is. I'd agree. If I had to give any like crazy theories, one of the things that I was thinking about while playing this, going from nature into the factory kind of makes a lot of sense because when humanity first started out, nature was the scary and dangerous thing. As we've progressed and advanced culturally and through technology and things like that, like factories or civilization, that kind of is the real threat now. Like we don't really have to worry about getting mauled by a bear. We have to worry about getting mugged on the fucking L train. And I feel like it's kind of symbolic because I felt the same way you guys did too. Like it was cool. You started out in nature and then you got into that factory setting. You kind of longed to get back to your roots or like the start the natural setting and i feel like that's kind of what society goes through on a day-to-day basis there's like a cognitive dissonance that we go through and experience because we do want to get back to our roots but it's so safe in our little bubbles so we kind of 
are in limbo about that too. <laughs> Number two. I like that a lot. One to 10, how would you rate it? And what kind of person would you recommend this game to? I'd for sure give this game a solid nine. Um, I would go solid 10, but fuck your gravity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I highly recommend this to anyone who would kind of wanting to be getting into the realm of video games, like being able to play something, but it's not stressful or needing to have surgeon-like hand-eye coordination to play and honestly people who like minimalistic type stuff or just kind of like scary type games definite recommendation oh gosh i would probably recommend it's okay to not like the game well i mean i think i would probably (laughs) recommend it to somebody who's not necessarily brand new to video games but who has at least some experience at least in the platforming world and someone who really appreciates art it's a beautiful game for as dark as it is and stuff so i'd probably give it like a five or a six. Oh my goodness Mm -hmm. i really like to get into what you didn't like about the game (laughs) (laughs) i think the two reasons that i didn't enjoy it as much as you guys did is that i think i was expecting one thing and got another and i struggle with platforming period and when i get to a point where i'm frustrated it takes me entirely out of the element the game mode itself and it becomes a grind and at that point it's like yeah I, I could take this or leave it the story and the theories give it redeeming qualities though and so does the artwork is beautiful it's a beautiful dark creepy <laughs> creepy atmosphere that i love but the gameplay got me that's all I feel like you just slapped Trevor in the face and then gave him an ice pack for it right after. I meant to say before we started the podcast that because I heard that you were having some frustrations with it, I was going to be like, you can lay into it. It's totally okay to have one or two people who are just like, I did not like this game. Or maybe all of us are like, this isn't whatever. So in the future, you can just go, I did not like this. I did not like that. This was whatever. As many outspoken people as possible is completely welcomed. I'm not going to feel put down or dampered on at all because I'm still going to gush about the game. I love and if it's me alone in a room gushing about something that everyone hated I'm fine with it let me let me put it this way let me put it this way I had to be handheld by drain for the majority of the second half of that game if not a lot more than that so if if I have to be handheld through a game by somebody else then and this wasn't like I feel like that. back seating this is like pulling Terry away from the edge (laughs) every puzzle it's like Terry like don't do it just like please leave the stream on you have to keep this game (laughs) you have to finish this you have to finish it so it almost seems like your gripe is primarily in the developers taking for granted that the people playing and consuming their product were going to be adept to a certain level to be able to enjoy the art that they created. Yeah, look, it's an individual preference too, right? Everyone has like their their personal preference of, of the kind of games that they like to play. This one was on the edge of what I enjoy. So, yeah. That's completely fair. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to take my closing remark first. Perfect. I was just going to mention that I love Play Dead, even though like Limbo and Inside, which I think you're doing another mm-hmm. podcast about eventually. But Yeah, definitely doing one for amazing. Inside. Yeah. And they're working on a third. Yeah. They are? Yeah. That's cool. But my reading Shut up, five out of ten. <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. It's getting a three. I'm, oh, oh, damn. <laughs> I might or might not cut this out. We'll see. Uh, Adrian, what's up? Sorry. Rating would probably be also a nine, and I'd recommend it. Like, I, I would really push it on anyone who has willing to try a video game. If anyone has played a video game, I will, like, give it to them. And if they're like, you know what? I could try one. Then I'd make them play this. Honestly, I think I might change my recommendation uh, to type of person if they own a computer. 
Just fucking <laughs> right. What, what do you got to lose? It's ten dollars and like four hours of your time tops. Just play it. Wait, Joe, how long did it take you to beat it? Was it four hours? No, it wasn't four hours. It was less than that. I'm not going to tell you how much less than that, but <laughs> it probably took me like three and a quarter altogether. Okay. That, yeah, that was about my, my first playthrough as well. There's a lot of dying. It really made me want to try and play the entire game without dying. There is a lot of dying. And you know what? I feel like I probably would have done a lot better than three and a quarter hours if the death animations hadn't been like, oh, you're dead. We see <laughs> that you're getting fucking run along by the this sawmill, but we're going to wait till the sawmill's done mm-hmm. running you along the track before we restart you. I love you. that so much. My rating, I'd give it a 9.5. Originally, what leading into the mechanical bits I would have docked, it makes up for in puzzle, it makes up for in story, in fan theories. This game is 10 years old, and there are still new fan theories cropping up. I'm not someone who enjoys ambiguous art. I think anyone who leaves things up to interpretation is too up their own ass, or at least that's how I felt until I started reading fan theories for this game. I really think that it's a genuinely good and interesting puzzle solving, mystery solving game that could be shown to, I mean, pretty much anyone. I've gotten so many people to try the game and to play it, not just for this podcast. I really want to get like my sister to play it. And then I made my wife play it for a while. Oh, I got my whole family to play it. Like I brought it home for like, Christmas. <laughs> yeah. And, and my, I had my mom play, and then she passed my dad, and then after a while, it was just my brother playing. But my mom tried. She was screaming at the spider, though. <laughs> That's amazing. That's a mood. Yeah, I love that. This is one of those games for me. I am going to venture a guess. Inside might not be Terry's game because I think that game is more of the bits that she wasn't too fond of. Oh, but see, I enjoyed that one. You played Inside? Yeah. Really? Yeah. So- We're going to have to get this crew back for an inside episode. <laughs> you know I fucking bought that two-pack once we were talking oh, about Oh, damn. It. Would you guys like to do that for another podcast at some point? Count on it. Yes. Yeah, sure. All right. At one point, I'm going to have to introduce you guys as co-hosts. We're trapped. I'll do it. You get th- four episodes in and you're trapped forever. <laughs> <laughs> one of us. One of us. This has been Quick Summaries for Short Games. I'm Trevor Robertson with guests Nathan, a.k.a. Jerain, Terry, and Joseph Campillo. You can find Jerain streaming from time to time on twitch.tv slash J-O-R-A-N-E, and you can find Terry streaming on twitch.tv slash T-E-R-I underscore two four. Joe can be found on the Defiant Robot Records podcast anywhere you can listen to podcasts like the one you're listening to right now. He can also be found on Insta at FOMO underscore Joe. Editing done by Abominable Productions. Music provided by Defiant Robot Records. Podcast art by Jerain. Next week's game is Inside by Play Dead. I just one second want to emphasize how much I love for the first time in this podcast, the lack of enthusiasm that the game itself demonstrates when you get killed by a crate. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like, oh, okay. Is there even a sound? It just seems to go quiet. And then your character just kind of slowly turns into like a gummy worm as you melt into the floor. Yeah, no, you just the fucking crate straight up crumpled the kid. Yes. Lent that man to the Lord.